Hello and a big warm welcome to you to the Aware Parenting and Natural Learning podcast with Marion Rose and Joss Golden. We are really passionate about practicing aware parenting and natural learning together and would love to offer you information and inspiration to support you if you feel called to practice these in your family too. Hello and a big warm welcome to you and welcome to the Aware Parenting and Natural Learning podcast. My name's Marion Rose. And I am Joss Golden. We're really delighted to be talking about this next topic, which is really about the different choices we have made to support our aware parenting and natural learning journeys. And this is something that often people ask us, like, how did you do it? How did you manage? And what did you do about money? We might start off going, I'm just going to do aware parenting and natural learning. And it then leads to so many other different choices and repercussions and avenues doesn't it so we're really excited about sharing our journeys with this today yes yes indeed and it's always nice to talk about these sorts of things as well because sometimes people think that they aren't able to do this or they can't make this choice even though it really deeply resonates with them so the purpose of this episode as well is to provide some information and maybe some inspiration too about about how you might be able to do it if you chose to. Yes, I love that. And I think we're going to be talking a lot about both the kind of advantages or the things that have already been in place that have made this possible for us and to really acknowledge and appreciate that and to to really acknowledge that not everybody has that and everyone will have different experiences of support or resources in place, needs met. And to also acknowledge even with those in place that there were certain choices that we made that were were different to perhaps what what we would have made if we had been perhaps sending our children to school and maybe working nine to five jobs and all of those kinds of things so it really opens up a whole different life doesn't it when we choose to do natural learning with our children and yes (laughs) Yes, yeah and doing the two together just makes it possible really because I think without the aware parenting part it would be so much harder to do the natural learning part wouldn't it yes I cannot even imagine (laughs) I mean I can imagine so many parents wanting to send their children to school if they don't understand why their child is perhaps you know hitting or not wanting to go to sleep apparently or not wanting to cooperate or doing all these kinds of things that I can imagine how overwhelming it is and how parents would want to be and would feel more disconnected perhaps from their children and thus not want to actually hang around with them all the time or most of the time as as we've experienced you know, mm. to, to lot, have lots and lots of time with our children. Yeah, and I think as well, like so many parents are really stressed and and having having significant challenges in, in their life, and so often school is seen as a, uh, a an opportunity to get support, to get space, to be able to do other things, to tend to ourselves, all of that kind of thing. So, yes, we are often having to make choices about how and where we do that when we have our children at home with us. Yes, and I think we'd love to say, as in, in general, that our ideal would be much more actually to have communities, supportive spaces for children and adults and families to be, that that's what we would be working towards so that it isn't such a challenge and that there isn't such huge choices that need to be made. And whilst we're in the interim, that it, to show that it really is possible and that sometimes yeah, making choices not to have things or not to do things in order to be able to have our children at home with us and to to spend lots of time with them, that it still is possible to make those choices. Yeah, absolutely. So I think we're going to talk about that and about cultural conditioning and lots of other things that we also talk about in other episodes. But yeah, it's really helpful to start by saying that we really do acknowledge that not everybody's situation makes it easy to homeschool. In fact, most people's circumstances make that quite hard, but often people's circumstances make that extremely hard. And so, yeah, I would like to really acknowledge that I do feel really grateful that I was able to make that decision because of the circumstances of my life uh, and to acknowledge that for some it's it's almost impossible. But to also say that whatever our circumstances are in life, we always do have some degree of choice about what we want to do. So really there's always an invitation to to 
to explore what we really truly want for our family and then to explore possible ways to be able to achieve that. Yes, absolutely. And I think also bringing in what we've talked about in other episodes and about what I call the disconnected domination culture. And I would say in ways that it's actually deliberately set up because it wants the parent or parents to be working full time, to be in that system, to be paying tax for children to go off to school so that they can, to some sense, be conditioned into the culture and the cultural beliefs. And so I, I think it can be helpful to hold that in mind that it's it's harder deliberately so that that becomes the apparently easier choice. Although in some senses, we could say that maybe isn't the easier choice in the long term in terms of the connection that we have with ourselves and our children and the trajectories of our lives and their lives. But also to acknowledge that it's normal and natural to find it tricky and challenging to work out these things. And that because these things are in place, the nine to five job and, and school, often it requires a lot more thought and awareness and finding other ways that require us to think out of the box and think differently and find our own ways of getting our needs met and resources and so on. So yeah, it's definitely not a like a straightforward path. No, it's really not. And I love how you describe that, that it is the reason why these things are the norm is because that is what serves the culture that we're living in best to be having parents going off to work and in committed to always earning money and to be prioritizing earning and paying taxes and being part of the system and that requires a space to be provided for parents to have children taken care of it's almost like a sort of child care for for children so that parents can go to work in our culture isn't it and so yes we can see how that then makes it difficult to think in fact sometimes people wouldn't even consider that there might be a different option that homeschooling might even be a possibility because it is just so normal and standard for people to be going to school and for parents to be working full-time, both parents now. So, yes, it does require a lot of us to be thinking outside of that box yeah. and cre creative ways to be thinking outside that box, yeah. In creative ways. And as you did too as well, Joss, I would also really love to acknowledge and appreciate the things that were in place in my life earlier on that I did have particular kinds of emotional and financial support earlier on, particularly in my parenting journey that did absolutely make things easier. So I'm incredibly grateful for that and to my parents, for example. So, yeah, but I love what you said as well. And I think it's so important to, to keep coming back to that. Even when it looks like we don't have choice, there is always choice, even in unexpected places. So I think we're really wanting to give you these concrete examples inspirations and information as you said just so that you can see oh where where what what different choices might there be for you that you might want to make that are really more of a fit for you in your life and how might that uh, show up in in how you are doing your own or parenting natural learning journey mm, yeah I love that yes and I also really want to acknowledge and express my gratitude for the situation that I was in that my partner and I were always willing to work part-time each that my parents gave us money so that we could put have a down payment for a house and you know lots of other ways that I've been supported in in life by my family to to be able to do this and what a difference that's made but there have also as you say been lots of choices that I have made to prioritize this so that this choice was possible for me over lots of other things that I might have prioritized in life, but chose not to. So yeah, it's, it's both sides of that at once, isn't it? Yes. 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 So I wonder if we might go into a little bit of detail of that. And I thought I might start is to really, to acknowledge, I, I did get financial support from my parents earlier on in my life. And as I was showing with you earlier, just before we press record is I had a a house in England with my ex-husband and we sold it and so when I moved to Australia I had this lovely chunk of money and it was a great exchange rate at the time that was really helpful to buy the block of land where I'm now still sitting on and build a house which back in those days 22 20 no 24 years ago was like so cheap compared to nowadays so I'm incredibly grateful but even back then we made choices about I didn't we didn't just buy some kind of 
stand at home with like five that's often isn't it that cultural thing you'd have four bedrooms and a big and a garage and all these things and we just did the minimum so we had two bedrooms one of which was an office for many years and the smallest possible house but with really big ceilings and lots of big doors that open up so it always feels really spacious and so again there were choices that we made all the way along to prioritize spending the least amount of money so that we didn't need to work big long jobs ever and that we always had lots of choice about how we earned money because we weren't really stressed financially in terms of buying something that was really big so and yeah so we didn't have a garage at all and I think why would you buy a garage <laughs> does it really matter no just things like that and the fact that that's meant there was a lot of years of co-sleeping all of us all four of us in one room and then I still work at my kitchen counter so for all the years that I've been doing all that I do this podcast it's like my sink's right next to me and lots of choices that I've been part of that too rather than spending money and then needing to work more basically so lots of lots of choices all the way along Mm, yum I so acknowledge all your amazing choices and I love how you describe that because there are always costs as well as benefits for for all of the choices that we made and I have a similar story as well we were very fortunate we came out from the UK where we'd lived in this house where we were renovating at the time. It was a complete disaster. Half the time we had no walls and no roof and (laughs) I don't know what else. And then we came out here again. We were very fortunate with the exchange rate. We were very fortunate that we got to emigrate to Australia. And then we, we were able to buy a house. And again, it was a complete shack when we bought it and we lived in it whilst we slowly rebuilt it. My husband doing most of the work himself and me doing some of the work myself and I think you know when I was saying to you before we started I think it was the day before I gave birth to my son I had my first ever indoor shower up to that point I was washing in a in a giant cement tub outside in the open air wearing a bikini (laughs) clambering in and out even though I was heavily pregnant and we didn't have an inside toilet any of those things and for the first two years of in fact longer because my daughter was born in that house so for the first sort of three years of my children's lives we lived in a building site and there were tools everywhere and there was half the time no ceilings and we just had the absolute basics and then when we moved down to live here we lived in a shed for six years while we built our house ourselves so again now we're in an incredibly fortunate position where we live in this beautiful house and we were very fortunate to be able to do all that and to still be able to work for me to work very part-time to be earning some money to help the process but in the end we've we've got this beautiful home and I am so grateful for it and I really acknowledge all the sacrifices I don't really like that word but you know all of the things that we went without and all of the ways that we made it work in order to be in this position so that we could have our home and so that we could prioritize spending as much time together as we could with our children yeah it's interesting word isn't it sacrifices and I was thinking back myself that word wanted to come out and I thought well it's it's choices isn't it it's making choices and coming back to again the choices we make and they may make things more challenging but also like what are the experiences that come with that like I think for your children growing up and seeing that happen like seeing what's possible oh we can you know dad can build a house <laughs> you know what what the the empowerment of that process and actually being part of it Mm, yeah absolutely and I, I love that we're the all of the times where we're making the choice to keep our children out of school and we're doing things differently and then all the other choices that we have to make in order to make that possible are all modeling to our children that they always have choice too in life and and like I said at the beginning even if those choices come with with significant hardship and struggle there is still always the choice to be able to find ways to do what you want to do And as you said, I love that word that you used, empowerment, because it is, it's so empowering to be raising our children, particularly at this time in our world history, in this moment in our our human experience, to be showing our children that they, they always have choices, even though sometimes those are difficult, but they always have the option to choose for themselves what they want and how they want things to be. And they don't have to be coerced or pressured or cajoled into doing things that just because that's what everybody else 
is doing if that's not a big yes for them. Absolutely. So important, isn't it? I think that's so often, I think part of the natural learning journey is not only like what happens, but the the kind of the outside. I'm not even thinking of a word like we talked last week about school trauma, about the kind of hidden, invisible concepts, beliefs, things that are learnt by children. And I think it's the same with natural learning. I think it's a lot about those kinds of bigger picture things, like the choices that that they observe us making day after day, that they're also, that's a lot of learning is happening there. Yes. Yes. And also showing them that it's not just that we're making choices, it's that we're making really deliberate choices. Like we are not just doing what everybody else is doing because that's what's expected of us, but we're actually taking time to consider what we really value, what really aligns with us and how we want to live. And then we're making a choice. So it's it's not just that they have choice. It's also that they get to witness us being really careful and mindful about the choices that we make and whether those are aligned with our values or not. Yeah, it could almost be seen as some of the most important things to learn, isn't it, to actually to see that happening. Yes. Mm, do any more practical things that we might want to share? I'm trying to think for myself the things that I would like to share. So I, I think one of the things I'd love to include is when I became a single parent, how things definitely became more challenging because financially that meant a whole different situation for me. And I was reflecting on how I went on the parenting, it's called a pension here in Australia, which I always think is funny because in England, a pension is a, an old age pension, but it's a support from the government. But one of the requirements when children become, when they turn five, I think it is here, is that then you either need to be looking for work as a parent or they're registered for homeschooling. And I, up until that point, hadn't registered my children and was really happy with that and would much prefer to have never registered them. But I made that choice as well so that I, again, could be generally uh, with them. And then I found ways of of working bits and bobs here and there. So at the time it was where parenting sessions, just one here and there to be also earning a little bit of money, but in general, still prioritizing the time with them unless they were with their dad. And, and then I'd be pretty much working when they were with me. And then that continued for a few years until I just it was not enough I found it very difficult to live on that amount of money and then I started for many many years I would I got up when I started online courses creating online courses from 2014 I got up two hours before them every day and worked and then we'd have screen time in the afternoon for, for several years for about an hour and a half and we'd all sit we had a circular table that we still got because part of the thing and I think you're going to share that too is that furniture tables get moved around they get repurposed and they have their legs cut off them and then but I still have the second hand table that my ex-husband and I bought 23 years ago and it's just changed uses many times over the years and I painted it different colors over the years anyway we would sit around that circular table and I'd do my course creation things and they would do things on their screens and we would connect in that way so that was a, a lot but again I wasn't willing to do other things I was really willing to find a way and even if that meant getting up at 5.30 or 5.45 nearly every day of the year, I was willing to do that. And and it was also, again, really helpful for me to see there are going to be ways to do this. And it wasn't easy, but it was also, again, I felt this deep sense of power of like, I can do what I'm here to do. I can share where parents, which I'm so passionate about and, and make money from doing that and support my children to do what they really wanted to do. So Yes, it, again, powerful things to see and was not always ideal. Absolutely. I can remember sometimes doing sessions when they were they was in the house and maybe playing or on screens or something like that. Occasionally, I, I didn't do that very often, but it was hard. Mm. I kept playing with it and trying to work out how can I do this? How can we find a way to all get our needs met here? I love that, Marion. I also acknowledge everything that you did to provide that for your children and all the ways that you then model that to everybody else in the community too around around these choices and around connecting with your willingness and, and all of all of that sort of thing. And it is so empowering. And I, I also have lots of memories of having these choices around 
how how I was going to earn money or how we were going to earn money and also choices around then how we're going to spend money. And when it came down to earning, you know, often we had to forego opportunities that might have arisen for us to to do things. Perhaps it might have been an opportunity in my career to to be promoted or or to have or to go and get another job somewhere else, which was particularly of interest to me. And I had to consider whether that was really worth it or not, or whether we were going to be able to find a way as a family to be able to make that work. And often that that was a no, uh, because uh, my priority was to be homeschooling the children and making that work. And I valued that more highly. Or it could be around how we spend money. So it might be you know, for example, again, we've been incredibly fortunate. As I said, my parents bought us a car. That was really amazing. But like we've always bought ourselves like secondhand furniture, like you're describing. So we never went out and bought on a on a buying plan some expensive couch or something. We've always bought our stuff and still do. It all came from sort of buy sell or marketplace or something like that. And so pretty much all of our furniture came from either the tip shop or from a secondhand source and and that was that's totally fine for us i mean some people really value having incredibly beautiful furniture and so it's not a judgment about that it's just saying that in in our case we chose to prioritize not doing any of that so that we could afford to have the life that we wanted and to do the things that we valued more highly mm, i love how you said that and also we were talking about holidays weren't we so we i i didn't go on holiday well actually no hang on that's not true we would go back and forth to england and my dad used to pay for that but i don't see that as a holiday that was visiting family that's interesting isn't it we didn't go on any other kind of trip and not for about 10 years anyway and i would often think well who needs to go on holiday we're, we're on holiday all the time we're having a lovely time again those choices to that yeah there wasn't lots of money not until more recently to do anything much extra, but the choice was to really enjoy our life every day and to do things that were going to the beach and just hanging out and having a lifestyle that actually didn't really require going on holiday because it's part of the thing, isn't it? The whole work nine to five and then you get however many weeks holiday a year and then you all go away at the same time and then you work until you retire and really natural learning really invites us not only to question school but actually to question every single other element of of work money what we're here for what our lives are for how we what we do with every day that we are given the really important choices aren't they that we make yes yes so much and aware parenting supports that doesn't it because as soon as we become interested in in a different way of parenting we are encouraged to be questioning the norm questioning the other mainstream ways of doing parenting and whether that is a fit for our families or not so it's just another extension of that process where we are thinking about these things and we are of course really blessed to live somewhere where it you know it's a place where lots of people pay lots of money to go on holiday so it is easy to have holidays here it often feels like coming home often feels like being on holiday doesn't it and we are really really fortunate in that respect but again that's also that's also meant costs of to us of choosing that costs of being very far away from our family and having no support when we were going through the early days not having ever parents there to help out with the processes and so on so yeah it's it's again it's it's both sides of it it's it's the choices and the benefits and the advantages and the blessings and and the the cost to us of making those choices too and again that's so relevant for aware parenting isn't it i think in terms of really acknowledging the joy and the gratitude and like you think about attachment play playfulness and connection and, and all of that and also acknowledging deep grief and mourning and tears and frustration and rage and tantrums and like including all of it and i think i love what we're doing that here as well of acknowledging all of the spectrum of feelings and choices both the things that are yeah we're grateful for and the things that are the hard and challenging yeah and often when things have felt really hard even at times when things were hardest in the family and I had those moments of thinking oh well maybe they're just going to have to go to school uh, or threatening to send them to school I still would never have chosen school and so I would always have kept 
finding a way to make this choice work. And I think what's also really helpful is to keep coming back again and again when things are hard, to be reaching out for more support and finding ways to get our needs met and to have our feelings heard about it all and to keep connecting with what we're truly valuing and what we're truly wanting for our family and, and staying connected deeply to that, to that why the why of the choices that we're making so that even when it all feels really, really difficult, it's still clear that the solution is to find a solution, to find a creative solution, not to make a completely different choice. I love how you articulated that. And I remember very similarly at times of extreme stress and often just before registration when I was putting myself under huge amounts of stress because all my school trauma was showing up about being judged and marked and in inverted commas told off and those are the times where occasionally I would also say you know I think you need to go to school right I'm completely with you I'm being so glad to have made this choice even including the last few years where they've been on screens and much more than I would have enjoyed and yeah just seeing the extent to which I would make changes in my life in order to support them to not ever go into that system yes yes me too and I think when we are stepping outside of the system and making these different choices, it does also really require us to be having spaces to have all of our feelings heard because it does bring up so much for us sometimes. A lot of this stuff, coming back to that cultural conditioning and that sort of indoctrination, it does bring up lots of feelings in us because the system is so clever at leading us to believe that actually life would be better or easier if, if we had a big car or if we had a big house or if we had the latest flat screen TV or, you know, all of these things. And so, yes, it's very difficult to do it this way unless we're also receiving lots of support for those times when we do have big doubts, big fears, big questions um, and, and all of the painful stuff associated with making very different choices. It's so essential, isn't it? And also to have other like-minded people that we're connecting with, because I, as you say, that, that the DDC is so clever in terms of often through shame and judgment to kind of suction people back into the system. And so having other people to connect with who are making similar choices and who are, uh, that's interesting, leading lives, leading, yeah, leading lives that are very, look very different often and, to be connecting with at least one other family I think is so essential and ideally plenty of other families who are all making similar choices to know okay no yeah I've got this community here so I don't need to be sucked back into the DDC and get a full-time job and send my children to school in order to, to be included in order to be welcomed I think it's really an essential part too yes absolutely I think yeah when we are getting enticed back into the DDC, it's really helpful to have people to, to go share that with and to get support and, and not just emotional support. It's also the practical support of when things are a struggle in our families, for example, having other families on the same path who can take our kids for a day so that we can go off and meet our needs or earn money or whatever it is that we're doing. Yeah. So it's not just the emotional support. It's also for that practical support often too, or for having the opportunity to have conversations about finding creative solutions, even if it's not in-person support, having people to talk to about how, how they did it, how have you made it work can also be really helpful when it seems like we may not have any choice I think it's so important isn't it that seeing it's possible and seeing like even if someone's in quite a different position seeing that it's possible and they're doing it I think opens up the the curiosity of how that can happen for us rather than the you know it can't possibly happen so I think it's essential community is so essential and and yeah, that enticement is really interesting, isn't it? It's almost like a little kind of, are you sure you wouldn't kind of come back? Look, if you go to work full time, if you're a single parent, you or if you've got a partner, both of you, look what you can buy and look what you can do. And all you need to do is just do that and send your children to school. And it's all these lovely sweeties for you. <laughs> <laughs> Or lollies if you live in Australia or the US. Yes, yes, indeed. And I'm wondering, like, if people may be listening, or there may be times, I know that there have been times for me as well where I've thought, well, it's okay for them. They've got 
X, Y, and Z. And so again, if people are listening and they're thinking, well, it's okay for Joss and Marion because they've got, you know, again, that can be an invitation to be exploring those feelings and reaching out for some support and some listening so that you get to share all that stuff that's coming up for you that's that's painful so that you can then get back to that real clarity about is this really what you want for your family and are you really willing to find a way to make it happen? Yeah, I love that you said that. I was going to say... I was going to do a bit of defending. I remember when, when I was still with my values of organic food that the only organic food I had enough money for was the Aldi $2 organic spaghetti. <laughs> but yeah. Yes. <laughs> I much prefer your idea, Joss, of going to go and actually listen to the feelings <laughs> rather than us going, but we, it's been hard for us as well. <laughs> well, we need to get listening for our feelings for all the times it was really, really hard. Sometimes for us. it was really hard. <laughs> yeah. so, so here we can laugh. To release that as well yeah absolutely yes yeah no and there were times when it was really really difficult yeah when there was there was sacrifice and it was challenging yeah and still it was really clear that it was the right decision the only decision yeah and there's still so many times of so much joy and wondrousness and delight and you know, I still sit now with my lovely so still live with me at 16 and 21 and love every day now my daughter now at TAFE which is kind of like college or, and she now she gets up really early on her days that she goes but I love you know my son still just gets up whenever he wants goes to bed whenever he wants they've they've had this lifestyle of really deeply listening to themselves and you can give me a 10 million dollars to say would you go back and do that differently and I'll give you 10 million dollars no no mm-hmm. no amount of money would make me I mean money I love money money's great <laughs> but I wouldn't make any other choice than than actually mm-hmm being at home no me neither I can't imagine and I I also can't imagine any circumstance when I would have thought that that was the right choice to to do that so yeah no there's nothing that would have or could have persuaded me to have done it differently even though it was really hard at times and we even sometimes talk about countries where where it's not legal to homeschool or where you have to get in some kind of exemption. I know that there are plenty of countries in Europe where it's now not legal, like in Germany, in Holland, in those places. And and how incredibly difficult that then becomes for people who deeply value this choice and this way of life. And I think I think if I was in those countries and and there there are always choices still. There are always possibilities. So I know, for example, in Holland there are some ways where you can get exemptions if your child has had a really significant trauma at school or something like that, then then that's what I would do. Or I, I can imagine myself even moving to live somewhere else if that was my only choice. And yeah, that would be an incredibly difficult thing to do. But again, it's if you're really clear about what you're doing and why you're doing it and that it's the right thing for your family, then then that you can always find a way to make that happen. Yeah, I'm so with you, Joss, and I would make similar choices. Yeah, really significant huge life-changing choices the other thing is though it's not even our own choices I remember those few times where I did feel really overwhelmed and they weren't doing any structured learning before before a registration appointment and I'd be like oh maybe you need to go to school and my son would always say he was absolutely unwilling to go to school anyway so even if I made the choice to send him there he wouldn't have gone yeah (laughs) And that's sometimes one of the challenges of parenting this way, isn't it? So we think we really want our children to grow up to be free, independent thinkers who who tune into themselves and do what they're called to do. But we just wish they do as they're told sometimes kind of vibe. And yeah, it was the same for us. My son would never have chosen to go to school. And and even if I threatened him to do it, he was like, well, you're not I know you're not going to make me and you can't anyway. And sometimes my daughter did actually say, oh, maybe I might like to go to school. She has said that a few times in the process. And so that was quite a difficult one for me to navigate because I really wanted her to be able to choose. I wanted her to have choice. So even though everything inside me was going, no, I really don't want that. Externally, I said, if that's what you choose to do, I'll support you. And I even contacted schools a couple of times when she said that she was really interested. And she, in the end, always made the decision, no, I don't want to do it, actually. But... Yes, I would have I would have supported her choice, even though it was really, really uncomfortable for me to do so. So I was very, very glad in the end that she she made a different one. Yes, really big, isn't it, when things like that happen? Yeah. 
I think that's the only way that that would have been the only circumstances where they would have ended up in school is if they had actually chosen to do so. And I think, you know, when I look back now, I think even in that situation, it was what I think now and how much I know about the DDC is I would have actually said no. And I would have said, okay, what needs are you wanting met? And it would probably be things like more connection because, of course, there's way more children to choose from at school. Okay, what can we do about that? Or are you curious to understand what happens in school? Is that part of it to really look at what the need is? Because I think so often, particularly in younger years when children go to school, we talk about this, don't we, that it seems like it's all nice and they play into the learn. I think of it like the boiling frog metaphor which apparently isn't actually true anyway they kind of get used to being in there and then slowly the conditioning comes in more and more and more and I think it becomes hard for children I have heard of many children I know you have too who've, who've gone in and parents have thought oh you know it seems all nice but then actually it's much harder than for children to actually leave even though they might want to be homeschooled and they, they don't enjoy the punishments or coercion all of those things but they've got these connections and they're used to being in that system so I think that in retrospect I would be doing whatever I could to support them to get needs met with actually saying no I'm not willing for you to which is quite a big thing to say <laughs> yes and I think I that's what I did with my daughter basically I supported her to make the choice not to go by by identi- trying to identify what the needs were in the school and also if if there were feelings there too if I suspected there were feelings there for her I might have offered her a loving limit around it and supported her to release the feelings and then come back to the conversation again without the feelings there as part of the conversation and then give her the choice again. It's very different to to just saying no and, and allowing them no autonomy in the process. Yes. Which is what I was doing. <laughs> well, you wouldn't have done it. <laughs> you wouldn't have done this. <laughs> it's just no, no, wherever you, wherever you want, no. Even if you beg to go, I'm not willing. <laughs> No, but it's interesting that when you raise your children this way, even if they have moments like like my daughter did of curiosity about it, their choice was always going to be no in the end because they weren't willing to go and live a life of coercion and punishment and to lose their autonomy over their life and their freedom and their relaxation and, and all of the things that were advantageous, even though, again, there were costs to them about being outside of the system. Yes. Absolutely. I think it's so important to include, isn't it? Because I think, I don't know about you, but certainly in early years of unschooling, natural learning, it was, I would be like, all of it is wonderful. It's just all of it's wonderful. And it's all, and rather than actually to be really honest, that actually there were challenging times and there were choices made that meant not going down other avenues. And I think that's so important. And I guess it's really normal and natural in those early years to want to to be like that because of course there is often so much cultural impingement and questioning and there's often that kind of almost need to be a little bit defensive if everyone's saying well what are you doing and what are you learning and they can't read yet and can they do this and what do you do you know all of that happening it's so normal and natural to to then be in that position of not everything's wonderful and I think as we go on further on the journey, that is why it's so important, as you said so beautifully, to be getting support and listening, that it's also really normal and natural to feel overwhelmed, to feel frustrated, to feel tired, to, to all of those things, because, of course, we are not designed to be doing it like this. We are designed to be living life, natural learning life in a community of 30-ish people where it would be a very, very different, everything would look different. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And to, and we keep saying about getting really clear about what your whys are and what really aligns for your family. And that that takes work because it takes it takes time and, and support to to unpeel all of the layers of conditioning. So you can get to to the bottom, to the core of what you truly want for you and your family without all that other stuff getting in the way. And then you once you've got that clarity, then it's so much easier to make the choices regardless of the costs of those choices, because that is what really aligns for you. Yes, it's so central, isn't it? Really knowing what we most deeply believe in and what we really want for our children and really what we're not willing to have. And I do want to say in terms of that big no that I had, you know, if there'd been other systems or more, you know, like I think about learning pods, things that I would love for us to move towards as a culture where 
they were free to go and hang out with people and learn things. There were mixed ages and I could be there too. And, you know, there was all kinds of different flexibility and there was no rewards and punishments and no shaming, no coercion. Absolutely. I would have loved to support them, all of us with that, but I was unwilling for them to go into a system where all of those things were in place, even, even in the nicer ones that still, that still I observed subtle or not so subtle forms of coercion and punishment and shaming. Yes. Yes. Me too. That's what it came down to. Absolutely. For me as well. Just not willing for that for them, you know, in any form. Yeah. Yeah. How beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. I wonder if you, do you have any invitations then for people who are listening, who might be negotiating and navigating these, these choices and, these processes yeah well I I guess it's things that we we both said to really invite you like what to actually sit down or stand up or walk (laughs) (laughs) what it seems sitting down there's some of my school conditioning right if you need to think you need to sit down with a piece of paper (laughs) write it down (laughs) no (laughs) do whatever you want to do but would you like to connect in with what are your deepest values particularly in relation to your child or children and what you want for them and what you really stand by ways you're kind of sticking the sand I think that's so so important what is the most important thing for you in relation to them there might be a whole list of things and and once you've got that clear tab to stick it up somewhere or to put it on your phone to keep Mm. things when things get hard to have that I often call it the north star or southern cross to to Mm. keep coming back to when we're in the choppy waters and we're we're on the ship that's when we really need to keep remembering why why we are doing this and then to get the support and the listening yes yeah i love that i love that and i wonder if it's helpful in that process then to be thinking about you know, what do you really want for your children? What do you want for your relationship with your children? What do you want for your children's memories of their childhood? What do you want your children to believe about you and and to remember about your, your relationship with each other? What do you want your children to believe about their learning and their capability for learning? And what do you want your children to believe about their power in our in our culture? That can be, those can be really sort of helpful questions to get that clarity. I love those questions, Joss. Yeah. Mm. Is there anything else that you want to add or ask or invite? I just think it's about finding ways as well to get support for us. Because I think what's been the hardest times for me in all of this has been when I felt uncertain or fearful or going into my school trauma or going into that uh, uh the cultural conditioning and the doubts that then come up around that so yeah are there ways you can reach out for support can you get another listening partner somebody who's actually on this natural learning journey as well as the aware parenting one a different one somebody else to talk about all this with or yeah I mean that's the purpose of this podcast as well isn't it and you know perhaps it might be helpful to go back and listen to previous episodes about things that really resonated for you to help remind you of why you're making the choices and what what are the things that we've shared that you found helpful and that resonate most and can you connect with other other people on this journey to to make it easier to stay connected to what you what you deeply value for them and keep making the choices that support that. Mm, I love that. And I was also thinking too, things like reading books or revisiting reading books or watching things like schooling the world, you know, also finding, finding ways to keep connecting it in with the why in all different shapes and forms. Yes. Yeah. I read so many books when I started this process about all kinds of things and unschooling and, de-schooling and natural learning and yeah and I found that really helpful and Elisa's amazing principles of learning that keep going back to yeah all of those resources that help you re-understand and to learn new things about it again and again yes and I think also that deconditioning piece that we talk about so much here but also in our community too that that is so central to this because there really is the DDC is going to be any way shape and form and often in the form of 
the family, friends, people that we really care about, just saying school, 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 school's the thing. So yeah, it's really important to get as much support as possible because we're really, really saying no to a strong force. Yeah. And if we're finding ourselves going into comparisons as well, because that's another way that the DDC entices us back. If we're going into comparisons and comparing what our children are learning or what our children can do or what our children can't do compared to other children of that age, then again, really encourage you to reach out for some support so you can come back to that deep clarity about what it is that you want for your child and all the different things that your child is learning that you might be missing because you're going into comparison and then just focusing on the things that perhaps they can't do that you think they should do. And I love what I've learned from you, Marion, around the shoulds. If I'm finding myself ever going into shoulds around what my children are doing or what I'm doing, it's always an invitation to be getting some extra support. Yes, and that invitation to see, okay, what might they be learning in the bigger picture in the in those invisible things in terms of things like you know listening deeply to their bodies and all the ways we've talked about in those last two episodes and school trauma and I keep coming back to so much about deep listening to their bodies to to their need for rest to their need for food or for all of those things that they get to that that in itself some of those core things when we really remember what they are getting can really help us realize that those are the most important things and with those things in place children can learn anything at any age when they really want to and we've talked about that so much and you've shared such beautiful examples of that with your children to keep coming back to you know for me I think it's some of the major things that I had as my North Star were for my children to be deeply connected with themselves and to have a deeply compassionate inner dialogue and to be deeply connected to their yeses and nos. And for me, everything else is anything can be added on top of that. Like the world is their oyster. Those things, if they're not in place, doesn't matter how early they can read or write or whatever else they can do. If those things aren't in place, the whole experience of life is very different. Yeah, absolutely. And those things are much easier to learn in childhood than to unlearn in adulthood. So, yeah, it's such a... It's to unlearn and redo often. Yeah, yeah I love that. Yeah. Mm. Would you like to share? I think we've done, haven't we? We've done. Uh, yeah, yeah, yes. Oh, great yes. reflecting back, isn't it? I'm really acknowledging us, Joss, in, in, in all those times, in those times where you were getting in and out of that bath and had no walls and the times where I was buying the Aldi spaghetti and getting up in the dark for many, many times that we did it. And, it, and I'm really able to acknowledge for myself there's so many things that I did that were unenjoyable to my children, so many things I would do differently if I was the person I am now and with deep self-compassion and I'm really acknowledging and celebrating us. I think the further along I go and the more I understand the effect of the DDC, the more I just celebrate us for taking that path less traveled. Yes, absolutely. Me too. Me too. And I think, yeah, there were many times. In fact, I just had a conversation with my children last week about this, where I was just acknowledging the fact that, yeah, you know, there were lots of times when I responded to them from, from my pain and my stress and my fear. And there were lots of times that I wasn't the parent that I wanted to be. And there were lots of times that because I was doing things differently and I was getting caught up in cultural conditioning, I wasn't the parent I wanted to be. And so I do acknowledge that even though we talk a lot about how wonderful it is to do aware parenting and natural learning, there were lots of experiences for my children that weren't wonderful at all. And that I'm always here to listen to their feelings around that. And we had this really beautiful conversation and, and my children were so compassionate and kind and, and generous around acknowledging the fact that it had been imperfect and saying how, how wonderful it had been too. So yeah, even, even when it's, yucky and, and at its worst it's still it's still totally fine because we have this beautiful aware parenting that we can come back at any time whether that's in the moment or whether that's many many years later to rewind to repair to acknowledge to deepen our connection and our relationship so yes absolutely yes everything is repairable I love how Alita's always said that and she it's never too late and 
as I talk often about me and my 91 year old mum and all the things that the beautiful healing that continues to happen it really is never too late yes yum <laughs> so given we also do lovely things that in terms of our callings and that we've done in tandem as well as practicing aware parenting and natural learning would you like to share just what what offerings you've got at the moment and what you do and where people can find you <laughs> yes thank you Marion yeah so I'm about to start a new live round of my aware parenting teenagers course which I really love because it's a really challenging time it can be really really difficult and it invites us again and again and again to come back to these beautiful basics of aware parenting so I really love supporting families with that and we've had a few people actually message us to try to join the Aware Parenting and Natural Learning community where the doors unfortunately are closed now um, and have been closed for a few months. But uh, we are talking about we are in the in the starting planning processes of putting together a workshop and then hopefully a course on this. So there will be things coming. So stay stay tuned if you want to learn more about other things that we're going to be doing to support people in exactly this. So, yes. What about you, lovely Marion? What are you what are you work offering at the moment? I still haven't quite finished my sleep course 2.0. <laughs> I realized I thought I'd learned the thing. Don't ever say when when it's <laughs> open, but I was like, I'm sure it's really only a day or two away. So it's, like, it's definitely gonna be this week. No, it's not gonna be this week. But anyway, I'm very close to that. Just I love, I love aware parenting. I'm so grateful to Aletha. I know we both are and her amazing, incredibly life-changing work and how she really supports us in such in the flavor of all of we've been talking about to also share aware parenting with our own flavor and our own way of sharing it so big thank you to her and big thank you to you big thank you to us <laughs> thank you yes. to our parents and our ancestors and the land that we live on that isn't that you know isn't really ours anyway but thank you to to everything that supports us to to come and be here and talk to you today Yes, absolutely. And a huge thank you to you from me and from everybody else in this community for everything that you've done tirelessly at 5am at your kitchen bench to support us all to be able to, to make some choices and offer this to our kids too. Without you, I don't think any of this would be possible. So thank you so much. Yeah, I do. I think it is. But anyway, I'm still thank you. Big thank you. <laughs> that, that's really nice. I like hearing that. Thank you for all those 5ams. <laughs> Okay, lovely listeners, we so appreciate you. We send you so much love to however you feel and whatever showed up for you as you listen to this. And as always, please come and connect in with us on our social media or anywhere else you'd like to come and say hi. And we'd love to connect with you and just whatever you're doing in, in this journey, we are sending you so much love and appreciation. Yes, indeed. And if there's anything you'd like us to speak about, then please let us know, message us to let us know. We've got a few things coming up that people have asked for already, but if there's anything else you want us to talk about, please give us a, give us a message or yeah, get in touch. Lots of love. So much love. We have really enjoyed talking to you today and we hope that you enjoyed the episode too. We are sending you love however you feel after hearing this information. To find out more about Marion's work, you can go to marionrose.net and for Joss's website, it is awareparenting.com.au. We wish you much love and connection on your aware parenting and natural learning adventures. Mm -hmm.